Hello, this is Nisha Riley here. I'm going to record this as an authentic expression podcast on my subscription space first to grind it, and then I will open it up very quickly to be a public podcast. This is a podcast on why do pioneers or innovators need support. I'm drawn to record it to encourage you to support a project called Healing the Race Portal by Reverend Angel Kira Williams. I sat in on an amazing online virtual event at the end of November. It was hours long. It was a truly beautiful experience because there were not only people coming to the question from different places, but coming from a very healed space. There was a sense of not needing to do the competition, the one-upmanship, the sort of dynamics and, and supremacy that fits into so many events where people are simply trying to score points off each other to be the best person in the room, the expert, the person with all the answers. It's difficult when, when you do this work and I will speak from my own experience. If you looked at the number of people on my Patreon, you wouldn't think that I had impacted thousands of people's lives at this point in the last 15 years in particular, and it it goes back further. And one of the reasons for that, well, there's several reasons for it. One is that healed people have very short memories. There's also a process, there's a bit of a developmental block in terms of feeling healed, which I'll go back to in a minute. But once people have got what they need from you, there's very few people who stay around to support that work for others. And if we need um, a physical representation at the moment as to why we need to heal race, there is a, a clip on YouTube taken of the main plaza in Gaza, the moment. It's a space that has been there since before the Ottoman Empire. There is a mosque that has had a a number of, of roles throughout its lifetime. It's been a church, it's been a temple, and in latter times it's been the great Omani Mosque. And everything is in rubble. It's ironic because I'm There's a lot of debate over personal collections of art and that has come to the fore again. But we are privileged enough in in Dublin to have a collection of work that was collected by a philanthropist who was based originally from New York, Chester Beattie. We can go in there at the moment and see the beautiful scrolls from that period in the cases preserved in incomplete perfection, in the most extraordinary colours and vibrance that should be in that rubble. And it's fortunate that it's not in the rubble, that there is some preservation of that. And there was terms and conditions, the reason that that exhibition and that collection is shown in Dublin is because it needed to be freely available to see, so there's no charge. There was provision left to maintain the artefacts, all of them, and they must be shown 
together all of the religions simultaneously with equal placing and equal privilege. So when you go into the exhibitions, you see a representation of Buddhism, Islam, and Christianity all equally presented side by side together. And for me, for us to get to a place where we, where we truly have equality and equity and a sense of being able to put things side by side rather than what we currently have, which is rubble. So that's an image for you to have at the moment as to why we need to do this work. But the reality is, is that most people come to spaces or come to be mentored or go on, seek a spiritual journey or developmental courses or, or whatever way you want to put it, a sense of betterment, especially everyone searching for it in January. And they do that for themselves. And often when they feel that they have reached a state of enlightenment, awareness, there's a great deal of supremacy even in the language, even in I was speaking about this in a podcast yesterday in a sense of feeling better than everybody else in the room. When you reach that place, you don't think you need to be there for you anymore. And you begin to compare what everyone else is going through in the room. And you, you find it very difficult to, to keep showing up for everyone at where everyone else is at. And so there, there does end up often being this sort of sense of what, what I would consider a developmental block in a space, where if you're not there for something that you need, you find it very difficult to just be there and show up for everybody else. And how to maintain the balance of that and the continuity of it. And that's why so many people forget to to continue to support projects there there's always a, a cohort of people who will stay close to you and who will see the essence of why something like this is needed beyond themselves they won't want everyone else like there's a, there's a very strange psyche in humans that, you know, we kind of think, oh, well, school has to be awful and everyone has to suffer. And I had to struggle with homework and exams and I had to have a really grueling, difficult time. So, so should you. It should be horrible for you too. And like you often even see that in families, in, in how people treat siblings. Like, oh, it, it should be bad for you too. It was rotten. It was worse for me. And you even find parents saying, oh, you don't know how lucky you were. It was worse for me. So we, we always want to project that out. We never seem to want to make it easier or make it better. And we forget to show up for that when we think we've had what we need. And there's another aspect for me too in that I think one of the, the great difficulties in, in doing something innovative, especially when you create a space that is very healed, it's incredible how jarring that can be for others how much that can set everybody off, how much comparison takes place, how much projection comes back to you, how difficult it becomes for others to enter that. 
And so I often find that, ironically, the most balanced, beautiful spaces that you create, the ones that don't have conditions or have labels or have nice, neat little boxes everyone can fit themselves into and identify where they're at, or just a sense of following society's norms, following the conditions that you expect to be in a room, like in a simple sense, turning up and going, okay, I can find my set here. I can find my type of people. If they people haven't, if a space hasn't been categorized for you to allow to you to do that, you struggle. There's a, there's a struggle in the expanse and in the lack of limitations, and that, that can become more difficult for people to enter. And so ironically, as you go on and you create something that's different and new and fresh and diverse and celebrates difference and celebrates people just being able to turn up as who they are, that actually becomes more difficult to enter. And so you end up with a cohort of people who've experienced a lot, been through a lot, are able to put down those conditions and those labels, those identities, to have the freedom to move in a new way. And so these are the reasons why, as you, I think, travel through and you create new projects and you build on what you've experienced already, it becomes sometimes more difficult to find the support. There's so many new barriers that they shouldn't exist. Just because you're simply asking people to show up for something beyond themselves. To not be in the gang. To be somewhere new, somewhere different. Something that hasn't been experienced yet. Something that you haven't quite visualised. Like has anyone really visualised any space on this earth being actually able to live in harmony right now? And ironically, from everything that I have witnessed and all of the interviews I have listened to, I didn't know very much about Palestinian people a few months ago. But everybody comments on the footage that I've seen of their humbleness and their humanity and their patience and their resilience and their perseverance. And they have lived side by side with numerous religions harmoniously. That, that is the, the irony for me. But right now they're living in rubble. So can we really visualize creating something better? <laughs>